The believer is to be humble in his dealings with others, not proudful. The simple truth is, God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Here's Pastor Xavier Reese. Be of the same mind towards one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion, Romans 12, 6 says. The humble, he guides in justice, and the humble, he teaches his ways, Psalm 25, 9 says. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. My dear brothers, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Heeding this simple truth from James 1.19 provides a good hedge against saying the wrong thing, and possibly even worse, doing the wrong thing. And it was David who wisely received such advice from Abigail, the wife of the antagonist and foolish Nabal. Let's listen as Pastor Xavier provides a lesson on humbleness as he continues a series in the book of 1 Samuel with chapter 25 today with a study titled Beauty and the Beast. David is on the run from Saul, as you know. David had the chance to kill Saul in the previous chapter. He entered the cave to attend to his needs, and then David cut off a piece or a corner of Saul's robe, and he restrained his men who wanted to kill him. David acted honorably in the previous chapter. He will act the same way in chapter 26 towards Saul, not killing him again. But in between these two acts of honor, we have this middle occasion where David almost does something he shouldn't, and he's not as honorable to this scoundrel Nabal. Notice in verse 2 and 3, the man who would offend David is identified. And the man had a business or worked there in Carmel. His economic reputation was great, we're told. The man is said to be exceedingly wealthy. The number of his herds are 3,000 sheep. A thousand goats. The name of the man was Nabal, which means fool. Not a very good name to give anybody. But um, it reveals his character, as we'll see. Now, the name of his wife is Abigail, which means my father is joy or exalted of my father. Notice Abigail was a woman of good understanding. The Hebrew says pleasant, agreeable, prudent, insightful as a woman of intellect. The process is necessary for wisdom. In verse 4, the occasion that prompted David was when he heard in the wilderness that Nabal was shearing his sheep. The custom was, again, of being gracious out of appreciation for those who had acted as protectors and to impart some of those blessings. David sent them directly to Nabal in his name. Listen to his words in verse 5. David sent ten young men and David said to the young man, go up to Carmel, go to Nabal, and greet him in my name. And then David sent the men to greet Nabal by blessing him. Notice in verse 7 and 8, the message of David was to inform Nabal how they provided security for his shepherds. Your shepherds were with us, and we did not hurt them, nor was there any 
thing missing from them all while they were in Carmel. And then notice there in verse 8 at the end there, the petition of David was for just some compensation. As a sign of appreciation, by the way. And therefore let my young men find favor in your eyes, for we come on the feast day. Please give whatever comes to your hand. He didn't say how much. He says, whatever comes to your hand, to your servants and to your son, David. The whole approach was in meekness and non-threatening. But remember who this guy is. He's a fool. The mean-spirited Nabal insulted David. Then Nabal answered David's servants and said, Who is David? And who is the son of Jesse? He was implying David was a nobody. He says, Shall I then take my bread and my water and my meat that I have killed for my shears and give it to men when I do not know where they are from? The message of Nabal was taken back to David now. And David's men were angry. So David's young men returned on their heels and went back. I mean, they just blurted out of there. And they came and they told all these words to David. And David's anger now sought vengeance. Then David said to his men, every man gird on his sword. So every man girded on his sword. And David also girded on his sword. Now second movement comes. We see the wisdom of Abigail averted the wrath of David, 14 through 35. 14 through 17, the warning to Abigail by one of the servants is given to us. In 14, the servant of Nabal knew the danger they were under because he's present there when this conversation is going on. The servant acknowledged, notice in verse 15 and 16, the great security by the hand of David's men constantly. Don't miss the description here. In verse 15, the beginning, and they, they were kind, but the men were very good to us. The rest of 15, they were protective. Look at 18 through 22, the quick response of Abigail. She gathered food, and Abigail made haste in verse 18. She took 200 loaves of bread, two skins of wine, five sheep ready dressed, five ephod of roasted grains, and a hundred clusters of raisin, and 200 cakes of figs, and loaded them on the donkey. And she sent a servant ahead. And she said to her servant, Go on before me. See, I am coming after you. And she withheld it from her husband. But she did not tell her husband Nabal. Now some people say that this is not right. Women are supposed to submit to their husband. Listen, he's a fool. He's gotten them in trouble. This woman is acting out of concern and care for everybody including her husband. If she doesn't act, they're all dead. Look at 20 and 22. The confrontation was a courageous intercession. Abigail placed herself before them at the mountain pass, so it was as she rode on the donkey that she went down under cover of the hill, that's on the pass there, and there were David and his men coming down towards her, and she met them. Emotions are running high here. Now David has said, Surely in vain I have protected all of this fellow has in the wilderness, so that nothing was missed of all that belonged to him, and he has repaid me evil for good. And this is a constant theme through the chapter, evil for good, evil for good. David was acting as a fool 
like Nabal at this point. You understand? Remember the previous chapter? He wouldn't touch Saul. The next chapter, he's not going to touch Saul. Right now, he wants to kill Nabal. David made a rash oath by God to take vengeance on Nabal. May God do so and more also to the enemies of David. If I leave one male of all belong to him by morning light. The things we we'll say in oath and promise in our anger is stupid. Abigail humbled herself before David. Don't miss it. She took the position of being uh, before one greater than herself. Contrary to her husband. Now when Abigail saw David in verse 23 there, she hastened to dismount from the donkey, fell on her face before David. What a difference. In 24 still, she took the blame for her husband and said, On me, my Lord, on me, let this iniquity be. Well, now, she didn't tell her husband. But here she's protecting her husband. She's putting herself in the position of blame for her husband. Wow. She begged to be able to speak as his servant. And please let your maidservant speak in your ears and hear the words of your maidservant. You see, Abigail made her case to David now in verse 25. First, she affirms her husband to be a fool by a play on words. Please let not my Lord regard the scoundrel Nabal. For as his name is, so is he. Nabal is his name a fool, stupid, or evil person. And folly is with him. Now, she's not betraying her husband. She's just being candid and being protective here. You understand? Trying to reason with David that he not act the same way. And we'll see this as we move along. Still in 25, she affirms her own failing. But I, your maidservant, did not see the young man of my Lord whom you sent. See, if she would have seen him, she would have given him the stuff, right? So she takes again the blame on herself, defending her husband. She places herself between David's army and her husband in the house. Abigail told David it was God who was stopping him. This woman's too much. Now, therefore, my Lord, as the Lord Yahweh lives and as your soul lives, she uses the covenant name of Yahweh. Since the Lord Yahweh has held you back from coming to bloodshed and from avenging yourself in your own hand. She's rebuking David, but saying the Lord is doing it. Wise woman. Notice in 26, till she declared her allegiance to David. Now then, let your enemies and those who seek harm for my Lord be as Nabal. So there's not only a divided home in terms of personalities and commitment to Yahweh, but also politically here. <laughs> it's a divided home. The implication being the allegiance of Nabal was Saul. Her allegiance is David. And she presented the provisions that she brought. And now this present which your maidservant has brought to my Lord, let it be given to the young men who follow my Lord. In 27. She's reasoned with them. Now she presents the gift. 
And then Abigail confirmed that God would make David king. Samuel did it when he anointed him. Now Abigail here, 28 through 31. Look at 28. She asked forgiveness first. Please forgive the trespass of your maidservant. And then she assured David as the instrument of God to us that he would establish his kingdom, being blameless. For the Lord Yahweh will certainly make for my Lord an enduring house. Second Samuel chapter 7, you have the house of David and to Solomon and all his descendants, and Christ would come from it. Because my Lord fights the battles of the Lord Yahweh, and evil is not found in you throughout your days. Up to this point, David is walking with God. David is blameless. And she stops him from messing up. Then she affirms in verse 29 God's protection over him from Saul. Yet a man has risen to pursue you and seek your life, but the life of my Lord shall be bound in the, in the bundle of the living and the Lord Yahweh your God, and the lives of your enemies shall, he shall sling out as from a pocket of a sling. The imagery is very picturesque. A metaphor used for binding up valuable things to protect them from injury while the other is flinging out the enemies from a sling unprotected. You understand? So she's confirming what God has told him and reminds him how I have to be reminded all the time as I live in this world and so many things happen and, and political things happen and world things happen and family things happen and church things happen and everything else and I have to bring everything back down to look to God and Lord, what would you have me to do? And I have to get back stable, you understand? Look at 30 and 31. She promises that David would have no regrets about this matter when he became king and looked back upon it. Oh, this is so good. That we would be humble enough and open enough and restrained enough by the Spirit of God that we would stop so that as time passed and we look back, we just go, thank you, Jesus. Look at 30. God had promised to David that he would make him king. And it shall come to pass when the Lord has done for my Lord according to all the good that he has spoken concerning you and has appointed you ruler over Israel. So she confirms it again here. And David would be innocent in this matter. In 31, he says, this will be no grief to you nor offense of heart of my Lord, either that you have shed blood without a cause or that my Lord, this is worse, avenged himself. You see? This is the thing I have to be careful of. I have to know when to respond, when to act, but when it's just self-vengeance, or I have to be careful. I can get myself in trouble. David was to consider her when he was king, she said. But when the Lord Yahweh has dealt with my Lord, then remember your maidservant. Wise woman. Now notice the grateful words of David to Abigail. They come in 32 to 35. In 32, David acknowledged Abigail was sent by God. Then David said to Abigail, Blessed is the Lord Yahweh, God of Israel, who sent you this day to meet me. It's like, you know that commercial? Gets, they slap him and say, Thank, I needed that. It woke him up. It brought him to his senses. And all of a sudden, he saw the peril that he had put himself in. 
David's coming. He's going to wipe out the whole house. He's going to mess his life up. And this woman has just stopped him dead in his tracks by the grace of God. And blessed is your advice and blessed are you because you have kept me this day from coming to bloodshed and from avenging myself with my own hand. This is the greatness of David and a greatness of any person that can say before another, I'm sorry I was wrong. I'm sorry I didn't need to do that. I'm sorry I was completely out of line. You understand? In 34, David acknowledged Abigail's obedience to God delivered him from murder. For indeed, as the Lord God of Israel lives, again by an oath, who has kept me back from hurting you, unless you had hastened and come to meet me, surely by morning light no male would have been left to Nabal. Wow. And so in 35, David acknowledged her gift and person. So David received from her hand what she had brought him and said to her, Go up in peace to your house. See, I have heeded your voice and respected your person. How important it is that we are approachable and open to the warnings of other believers, be they from a husband or wife, close brothers and sisters in the Lord, whoever they may be. The believer needs to depend on the Lord for wisdom for the situations of life constantly knowing the Holy Spirit will guide me if I yield Proverbs 3 5 through 8 says trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths do not be wise in your own eyes fear the Lord Yahweh and depart from evil it will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones the believer is to be humble in his dealings with others, not proudful. Uh, the humble, he guides in justice, and the humble, he teaches his ways, Psalm 25, 9 says. Be of the same mind towards one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion, Romans 12, 6 says. But he gives more grace Therefore, he says, God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble, James 4, 6. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, and he will lift you up, James 4, 10. Over and over and over again, we are exhorted. Attitude is very important. James 5, 19 and 20 says, Brethren, if any among you wander from the truth, he's talking to Christians, if any of you wander from the truth, and someone turns him back, let him know that he who turns a sinner from the air of his way will save a soul from death and cover a multitude of sins. The context is a Christian, not a non-believer. The wisdom of Abigail averted the wrath of David, which leads us to the Lord recompensed the wrath of David. Bottom line, I have to leave it in God's hands the majority of the time. I don't like that. <laughs> 36 to 38, the death of Nabal by the hand of God is given to us. In 36, Abigail returned to her foolish husband. She found Nabal parting. Now Abigail went to Nabal, and there he was holding a feast in the house. 
like the feast of a king. She found Nabal intoxicated. Nabal's heart was merry within him, and he was very drunk. And she found wars would be in vain. Therefore she told him nothing, little or much, until morning light. Proverbs 14.3 says, In the mouth of a fool is a rod of pride, but the lips of the wise will preserve them. Look at 37. Abigail told Nabal of her intervention of David. She told him the next day when he was sober, so it was in the morning when the wine was gone from Nabal, and his wife had told him these things. (laughs) She witnessed him have a stroke, that his heart died within him, and he became like a stone. He just freaked out over it. (laughs) And so in 38, Abigail saw the vengeance of God at his own time. Then it came about, after about 10 days, God's timing, at his own degree, that the Lord Yahweh struck Nabal, and he died. He's the one that makes those judgments. You understand? Now notice the marriage of Abigail that David then comes in 39 through 44. So when David heard that Nabal was dead, he said, Blessed be the Lord Yahweh who has pleaded the cause of my reproach from the hand of Nabal and has kept his servant from evil. He didn't just rejoice that God killed him. He recognized the hand of God's judgment and his protective hand over him. Put them together. Very important. And still in 39, he recognized this was God's judgment. For the Lord Yahweh has returned the wickedness of Nabal on his own head. And he recognized the good deeds of his maidservant. And David sent and proposed to Abigail to take her as his wife. The arrival of the servants is given when the servants of David had come to Abigail at Carmel. They spoke to her saying, David sent us to you to ask you to become his wife. Not real personable, but that's just the way they did it those days. 41, the acceptance of the proposals given. Then she arose and bowed her face to the earth and said, Here is your maidservant and a servant to wash the feet of the servant of my Lord. She hasn't changed. She's the same person, you understand? Very important. Look at 42. The journey and the marriage is given. So Abigail rose and in haste and rode on a donkey, attended by five of her maids, maidens there. And she followed the messengers of David and became his wife. The Lord recompensed the wrath of David. Amazing. Here you have David's confrontation with the insult that was given to him by Nabal, causing him to want to avenge himself. And through these three movements laid out for us, the arrogance of Nabal provoked the wrath of David. The wisdom of Abigail averted the wrath of David, and the Lord recompensed the wrath of David. Between, on both sides, you have David not wanting to touch Saul, but he sure wanted to take Nabal's head off, didn't he? This is not just David, ladies and gentlemen. This is you and me. We have to be careful. 
Pastor Xavier Reese, drawing our Simple Truth study of 1 Samuel chapter 25 to a close by summarizing the virtues of the simple truth, swift to listen, slow to anger, vividly illustrated with the story of David, Nabal, and Abigail. Now today's message titled Beauty and the Beast is available on CD for only $4. And by the way, this will also include everything Pastor Xavier shared with us the last time we were together as well. So once again, the title to ask for is Beauty and the Beast, or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. And then join us for more Simple Truths next time with Pastor Xavier Reese. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 